Welcome to a couple of Rad Techs podcasts where we bring you an inside look at the world of radiology from the unique perspective of a married couple of radiologic technologists. Together, we have years of experience, exactly 30 years in the field, and we are here to demystify the science of medical imaging. Radiology is the unsung hero of the medical field, providing doctors with crucial images and information that help diagnose and treat illnesses. Join us as we explore the latest techniques, technologies, and innovations in radiology and discover the vital role we play in the healthcare industry. So come along for the ride as we share our passion for radiology as a married couple. Welcome everyone to Self-Care Chit Chat with Chandria Singleton. I have an amazing guest today. As always, we're going to go behind the scenes and just talk with Dr. Erica Goodwin. But first, let me give you a little bit of background from Dr. Goodwin. You guys, she is on a mission to help you be better, do better, and live better. Amazing. She is a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist, best-selling author, top-rated speaker, integrative lifestyle coach and creator of the hit series, Growth Groove with Dr. Erica. I love it. I love it. She's also a graduate of Spelman College and my alma mater, Emory University School of Medicine. So she's completed her general psychiatry residency at Morehouse School of Medicine. Impressive. And you guys, she works with organizations and high-performance individuals who are stuck and want to get to getting better results and living a better life. We love that. Now, she is known as one of the few medical professionals who will tell you what they don't tell you, but you really need to know. We love a doctor like that. (laughs) Tell me the truth. Her evidence-based methods go against the grain of common myths about success that sound good, but don't really work. She will show you and your organization secrets used by some of the world's greatest achievers and translate them into practical steps that can change your life forever. Dr. Erica's story is proof that when you know better, you do better. That is one of my mom's favorite quotes. She has said it all the time, and I loved it when I read it. So thank you and welcome, Dr. Goodwin. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit, who is Dr. Goodwin? I know I just read this long bio, but you know I had to get that out there so people could really you know, see your background. But I want you to tell our audience who you are, how you help people, you know, and just whatever you want to share so we can get to know you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm like, well, a lot of stuff I don't have to say because you already said it. So, <laughs> so everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. And thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. It truly is an honor. I'm Dr. Erica. As she said, I'm a double board certified psychiatrist. But at the end of the day, one of the biggest things about me is think about me if the girl next door was a Harvard trained psychiatrist. You get me. So one of the things I pride myself on is being accessible and practical. So one of my superpowers, other than one of my big superpowers is I make really bomb salads with homemade salad dressings. But my other superpower is making mental health practical. Because one of the things, this is one of my passions is I want people to be able to live that life that they were created for. And one of the things that breaks my heart the most is when I experience seeing so many people in my practice and just in general that have been struggling unnecessarily because they didn't feel comfortable reaching out to get help. And I just want people to know that mental health doesn't have to be scary and everyone deserves great mental health. And mental health is just kind of related to some of everything. Yeah. They don't always call it mental health, but it's related to a lot of stuff. So that's that's kind of what I do. And I have an adult telepsychiatry practice because I spent a long part of my career as a traveling psychiatrist. And I wanted to do things the way I wanted to do them, which meant it had to be mine. 
And that goes right into our conversation of self-care. I love that you said that you wanted to do things the way you wanted to do it. And I don't think a lot of people in life get a chance to say that they've even tried it because of fear. I mean, you have a book, her book, I love the title, Fix Your Fairy Tale. And we'll go into that later, but you know, you you touched on a lot, a few things that I wasn't even planning to talk about, but I love that you mentioned it because in my family, my grandmother would always say, if you need help, go get help. And she was talking about mental health because sometimes in our community and as women, especially, we think that people are going to think this about me or we're going to be labeled or I'm strong enough. I can handle this. And Sometimes at that point in our life, I know I'm 43 and when I was 20, I could handle certain things. But when I turned 30, those same things, I was like, ooh, I don't really think I'm very balanced in that or I'm not balancing that out well. And then at 40, I'm like, I cannot deal with that. And I think a lot of times we don't get the help. I've sought out counselors. I've sought out, you know, psychiatrists for different things you need. And mental health to me doesn't mean mental illness. And I think we get the two confused and that's what holds us back. What do you think about that? Well, it's one of the reasons I designed my practice the way it's designed, because one of the things or one of the myths people hear is that you don't really need mental health unless you are literally falling out. You are about to kill yourself. You want to kill someone else. Are you sitting around crying, cutting yourself while listening to emo songs? Right. And the reality is everyone deserves great mental health and mental wellness. And I like I wanted this practice to be someplace where someone can come to get a mental health checkup. One of my favorite books is Makes Me Want to Holla by Nathan McCall. I'm probably dating myself right now. (laughs) And towards the end of the book, he talks about kind of the issue of why people don't get a mental health checkup, like we get a physical checkup. And when people are kind of stuck in these models of illness, then that self-talk is telling them that, well, I don't need, I'm not that sick. When it could be a checkup or just getting some additional support, because just like anything else, if it's something small going on, it's a lot easier for me to help you fix it than something huge. Yeah. I kind of relate that to, my dad was on dialysis for 18 years. I, when you say that, it made me immediately go back to in healthcare. When a person comes in with maybe their PSA levels or their stage one kidney failure, the PSA levels are just a little you know, the blood work shows, but then if they never go get it checked and then they wait until the prostate is totally inflamed, you know, maybe cancerous by this point, it's kind of late. We could have corrected it a little early on. and It wouldn't be as harsh of a treatment to help you. Or now your kidneys are totally in stage four and there's nothing we can do but a transplant or dialysis. That's where my mind goes in my healthcare field and my experience with my dad is, you know, And we don't treat mental health the same way. If we have a headache, we immediately go try to see a neurologist or take some Excedrin. But mental health, we don't. And would you consider that a form of self-care? Because you talked about getting a mental health checkup. We schedule our physicals every year. You know, what do you think about self-care when it comes to that mental health checkup? I, I think it's important. And for a lot of people, we're all caring so much because adulting is much more complicated than anyone ever told us. I kind of want to ring my parents' neck sometimes. I'm like, this is not what you told me being an adult is. But I think it's important because sometimes you just need someone to check in and be like, okay, you're all right. Or maybe we need to tweak a few things because a lot of times, you know, how I look at it is I just want people to live as cliche as it sounds, their best life. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean you have to see me forever. If you're a one and done and that's actually all you need, I am perfectly fine with that. But sometimes it's good to have someone that is totally neutral and has no stake in your life other than just wanting you to do well. 
to be able to just bounce some things off. You know, and I think sometimes people think that to see someone in mental health, you need to be to a point where you almost need to go in the hospital. And there is a whole variant yeah. of where people can fall. And sometimes, you know, there used to be a time in the 90s, I started watching old TV shows on Hulu. And then you start realizing where all these people are going to their therapists. But there were people that looked okay. They were just working out some little things. And, and so I do think it's a huge part of self-care because a lot of how our body responds starts with what's going on in our head. Yeah, that is so true. And I love your book, Fix Your Fairy Tale, because you talk about how women, particularly, you know, all people, men as well, but particularly women, if we don't have the husband, we got the education, we've got the big house. And you see that a lot. At least I have a lot of friends have their houses, I mean, nice houses, half a million dollar houses and nice cars and no debt. They travel, We because we, I love to travel. My husband and I, we call it holidays. We take our holidays like our European friends. We were like the only ones out of our European friends that were taking like week-long vacations and all of our friends are like, oh, we're going to go to Africa. Now we're going to go to, I'm like, wait, how much time have you gotten off of work? Oh, we get 30, 32 days. I tell my husband, we must be doing something wrong. We must be so, in the wrong country, in the wrong country. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is it. But we started, you know, we just got our life to where we're like, we want to take holidays. But I was saying, because I have friends, they travel like that too, but they're so devoid and they feel so devoid of like, they haven't really crossed that threshold of success because they don't have a man or have, you know, a significant other or just someone in their life. But it's like, how, I know your book touches on that. Can you give us a little taste of how you help? people through your book see that it's a fairy tale. Thank you. So the full name is Fix Your Fairy Tale, A Woman's Guide to a Great Life, Love, and Legacy. And the premise behind it is that women are taught that there are certain things that you want as if you're a woman, that you are, you, number one, you're going to want the big house, the two and a half kids, the cute little dog, the picket fence, and the, the husband, but that you're going to be a good girl, go to school, and magically all this thing's going to appear. And what we really start seeing, especially for our generation, is that you have a lot of professional women that they finish school and there's no husband at the end of the rainbow. But it also extends to a lot of other women that what if what you want isn't that? Mm-hmm. What what if you are LGBTQ? Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily want a husband. Right. What if you didn't realize exactly what you wanted And you started checking off this list because we're all taught this list of things you get. And then one of the things I end up hearing so often with my clients is they got the house, they got the husband, they got the kids. And then they're like, looking around like, this isn't what I thought it was. And one of the things I think that's big for me, and it happens in this book is it's really showing people how to put the you back in Mm -hmm. their life. So it's kind of putting you back in your life. Yeah. Because for a lot of, for women in general, since we're taught to be caregivers and nurturers, our life beget, like becomes everyone else. So even if you're not married and you don't have kids, well, then it's taking care of your family, it's taking care of your friends, it's taking care of everyone at work, but it's still not about you. Right. And then if you have kids and your husband, it's them, but it's still mm-hmm. not you. And this book goes through a, a series of practical steps and exercises you can do to number one, identify rediscover who you are, rediscover what your dreams are, rediscover what you want, not what your mama told you, the church lady told you, your grandma told you, the lady down the street told you, your daddy told you, everybody told you that you were either supposed to be or that you were supposed to want and identify what your dreams are 
identify what you actually want, identify what makes you happy, and then give you practical steps along the way that you can grab that happiness and that joy and experience a myriad of positive emotions. And then be in a space where then with the law of attraction, if you're feeling better about yourself and you're feeling more confident, then you're able to attract the kinds of positive, healthy relationships you want, and also be able to reach those goals, but to be able to figure out how to create that life that matches you. So it's a kind of a customized life. So it literally goes through all kinds of things from looking at your finances to ways to take care of your health. You know, I think I have one about exercise. It's not exercise doesn't count if you just scroll in on your phone, <laughs> but just a lot of things. Cause basically it's taking you from a mindset of scarcity and lack to one of abundance. And that's what it's about is mindset, because this is what I tell people, because I have friends that are married, friends that have been married, not married anymore, friends that never were married, not interested. And I, I'm one of those married people. I hang with all my, I never like lost my single friends. I mean, we friends, we friends. It doesn't matter if you have a husband or not. Um, But I look at some of my friends and I've been married 19 years and I tell people, you're going to either find yourself married or not married. And I've been married. I've been single. I am not the same person that I was when I first got married. And you do lose yourself or you maybe never knew really yourself. And if you knew yourself, when you get older, you got to get to reading out that person who you are now. Because I am not the same person because, you know, I've lost my dad. It was, you know, that was very tragic for me. I, after that, I was not the same person. I had a traumatic brain injury. I wasn't the same person after that again. You know, I mean, I have changed. Just I'm just talking about those two things. I can't even count the other things that have changed. So for me, that's why it's important that when we talk about mental health, I love that your book covers everything and really breaks down mental health because I think we really don't as women. We had a I did a live the other day with about business entrepreneurship with a young lady. And one of the people typed in the chat, how do you navigate as a woman who's in business? And they expect you, especially as a Black woman, to be strong and carry everything. And then she put later, we were talking about something else. She has a hard time going out to eat by herself. And I just don't get that. I have a lot of people that I know that I take myself out to eat all the time. (laughs) I like me. And I don't think they don't like them. But I wonder where, where does that come from? Well, I think a lot of people are taught that those are things you do with people. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times it's not something's wrong with someone. It's just I travel, I was a traveling physician. I traveled a lot and I'm an only child. So I entertain myself extremely well. I'm a great date to myself. (laughs) I just, I love it. Um, But I I think there are people that are taught that you go into the movies is something you do with someone. You go out to eat, that's something you do with someone. And so they are just never quite comfortable doing those things alone. And I do also know some people that are very conscious of how people look at them Mm -hmm. and feel like people will look at them differently or look at them funny if they're at a restaurant by themselves. When a lot of times we all get in our own heads that Mm -hmm. I'm sure if I'm sitting in a restaurant by myself, nobody's paying attention to me. Unless I look really cute that day. Right, right. It must be because I'm cute. (laughs) But it's not like, oh, look at her. She's sitting by herself. But I think people have all these messages of what all these things look like. And then you take your own experiences and your own lens into everything. Mm, That is really, I just always wondered that because my mom growing up always encouraged us to, I came from a huge family. I was never alone. 
So once I got older, we all started going off and on. And then my mom moved to Atlanta, which was far from my family. So I didn't have my cousins every day. So I got kind of lonely. And she was like, no, you should never be lonely. You should always enjoy yourself, find something to do with yourself. You know, and I always had a lot of friends, but she was really, really strong about that. Really enjoying you, knowing who you are, having fun with yourself, entertaining yourself, because I always have people around me. I always have built-in people, siblings, cousins, everybody around me all the time. And um, she knew she was going to be moving us away from that because she wanted to get back to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she wanted to get back to Atlanta. She moved here in the 70s and uh, her and my father got divorced. So she had to move closer to my family because she had two little girls and she wanted she had to work full time. She was a single parent and she wanted to make sure we were with family and cared for properly. But as soon as we got older, she came back to Atlanta and this is where it was happening for her. She just saw movers and shakers. She loved the way Atlanta, you know, was diverse Mm-hmm. And it is something she wanted her daughters to see. So I was grateful for that. But I just really appreciate because I do have friends. They just struggle with simple things. I'll tell you just briefly this one story is that my husband and I used to go on Friday nights. We go see a movie. I don't really care for movies, but I love Red Lobster. So we would go to Red Lobster first. Yes, it was the biscuits. That was the only thing that I like was the biscuits. But we would go to Red Lobster. That was my thing. And he would get his movie. And we would do that every Friday. With this Friday, I wanted to see Dream Girls. He didn't want to see it. So he stayed home. I went to Red Lobster. I sat at the bar. I ordered the three things we usually order, appetizer, the biscuits, the entree, the salad, everything. But I had my mojito. And my friends was a group of them. They came in and they all were looking. And they came over. Two of them came over and said, you know, where's your husband? I said, oh, he's home. You're here by yourself? I was like, yeah. And they're like, you can come eat with us. I was like, no, I'm good. Thank you, though. I just, I was like, well, where are you going to go after this? Are you going home? No, I'm going to the movies. I'm good. I'm okay. And they they were much older than me, probably about 20 years older than me. And it was like eight or nine of them. It was a bunch of them. And I was just like, I had to ask them later, have you guys ever been out to a movie and dinner by yourselves without your husband or your kids or your grandkids? And they're like, no. I'm like, y'all should try it. It is so invigorating. But it just, I think it's, I don't really see a lot of people do it. And and I think it's just one of the most empowering things to just take yourself out on a date. It really is. One of, that's one of the things I do for self-care. What is something that you do for self-care? Feeling like a popsicle in the hospital? Well, ditch the hospital chills. Scrubmates, a base layer designed by a healthcare professional, understands the struggles of staying warm. Keep yourself toasty and your valuables secure with convenient zippered pockets. Support a small female-owned business and try Scrubmates today. You'll get 15% off your order using my code, RADTEX, at checkout. Thanks, Scrubmates, for bringing us this episode of A Couple of Rad Techs Podcast. Now let's get into the episode. One of my favorites is I actually have a very large balcony. I even went out and got those little towel clips so I could, my towel doesn't move in. Put it on my lounger. I clip the towel down just right so it doesn't move around. And I relax out there like I'm at a beach or a pool. And there are times where I put my iPad up and watch movies. Sometimes I sit there and listen to podcasts. But I just get my son in on my balcony and chill. That is so simple. I love that because that was something so simple. I would have never thought to like get a beach towel and clip it. I mean, that is so simple, but my mind, I was envisioning you on a balcony at a resort 
with the ocean. Like you had me there already. <laughs> yes, and I, I live over a park. So it's like, there's the park. But the thing, the clips, if you don't have towel clips, I highly recommend them. It changes the experience because then your towel isn't moving around. Yeah. You move them, it doesn't move. Your towel, I hate it when the towel slides <laughs> down the back of the chair. So it just makes it so much more comfortable. And then I get some cucumber water or some tea, stick it in my Yeti. Gotta have a Yeti. You gotta and have a Yeti. I, I was wondering what people were talking about Yeti. So I got one. I have three different sizes of Yeti. Yeah, I have a client. We work pro- things that are programs that I work with my clients and health coaching is on hydration. We have a whole program on hydration. And he was like, after that, he said, if I'm going to drink this water, I got to get an expensive bottle. Well, not expensive, but something that I'm going to enjoy. And he went and bought a $60 Yeti. I had to see that Yeti. It was nice. I'm and like, he's like, I don't I have drink water every day. Yeti. I got, uh, my, it's still overpriced. Right. <laughs> it's the $40 Yeti. <laughs> I got a $30 Yeti. Um, <laughs> I got a $30 one. That's probably why mine eventually leaked. But I think that I should have not bought it from where I bought it from. So, but my husband's like, you should get another one of those. But my client got a $60 Yeti and it is beautiful. And he has, it's been over a year. He's enjoyed his healthy living, you know, lifestyle. His wife is joy. You know, he made it fun. And I think to me, for a man, that's self-care. I mean, you know, for him to go. a woman too. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have thought about myself a cup as self-care. I would have probably bought the cup and something else. (laughs) I would have probably done a couple of things, you know, a couple of things with that cup, along with that cup. But I was happy that even though he didn't use the word self-care, he knew that if he was going to embark on this healthy lifestyle because he needed to get healthy, he needed to be there for his family, number one, because he was the provider, but he also wanted to enjoy life. And I love that you talk about getting getting back to just feeling good, enjoying life, and that's your ultimate goal, because that's something that I have in common with you. I tell people, you know, just take simple steps about your health, you know, for yourself to just wake up every day and say, I feel good. And there's nothing like being able to say that. I mean, I, I'm not saying I don't have health issues, you know, for me, but I just feel good mentally, just everything. I feel good. I have my bad days, but I bounce back a lot faster, you know? So that's what I encourage people. Don't hesitate to see someone, but I love that you have an ebook also. I do want to touch on that. Discover the secrets to put overwhelm behind you. I just love your taglines. I mean, you are just amazing with words. Oh, yeah, your words. I, I'm going to tell you, I am terrible at words. I rescue animals. My husband will usually come home and find that we have a new animal. So he asked me to give him at least a year break and it's been four years, but I snuck some puppies in in between and rehomed them. But <laughs> that makes He wanted to actually keep them. He wanted to keep them. And I'm like, ah. Oh. So I found him homes, but I now he's like, I'm good because we travel so much. Okay. We don't have time to keep them, but my ultimate goal is a horse. That's what I ultimately want is a horse to own one. Yeah. But um, I love your way, your choice of words that you use, because when I read that, I don't think about secrets to put, you know, discover the secrets to put overwhelm behind you. Because a lot of times we don't know we're overwhelmed and yet we are. Well, I think you brought up a huge point. I, I think that's one of the keys to when you start looking at every, all these different mental health doctrines, but also if you start looking at all this mindset stuff and I got to give the business world credit. I feel like they snuck in some of the best books and all the business people I knew read them. They didn't tell us anything about them as doctors. And then I circled back when I started doing other stuff, but it's, there's something about that type of mindset. Mm -hmm. 
that really makes a huge difference of being able to just really hone in and tap into your self-awareness because self-awareness helps you then shift into action. And, but if you're not aware of what's going on with yourself and you're also not aware with your self-talk and what you're telling yourself, Mm -hmm. then it's easy to just blindlessly be floating around like a little feather yeah. or a leaf in the wind or to not know you're overwhelmed because one of the reasons I think a lot of people don't realize they're overwhelmed is they're overwhelmed so much that feels like what their baseline is. Wow. Well, that correlates a lot too with health culture. I mean, when you said that, that just I just had an epiphany when I coach my clients. They don't realize how bad they feel until they feel so good. And then it's like, oh, I didn't know I was feeling that bad. You know, they had no clue, even though they were taking four blood pressure medicines and a diabetes medicine, you know, and were obese and, you know, out of breath and on oxygen and, you know, a CPAP. They still didn't know. And like you say, you don't know what you don't know. Well, and changing habits is tough. I know you see it in your clients and we all do. It's, It's changing fixed ways you do things. And a lot of these things we do, they become habits. So how we eat is a habit, how we source what we do to take care of ourselves is a habit, how we get around, you know, if we're someone that does a lot of walking or biking, or if you drive everywhere, it's just all habits on top of habits on top of habits. And it's a lot to actually truly change habits. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times people just don't have necessarily have the mental wherewithal to change the habit. Which, which is tough. Yeah, I love to incorporate. I just had an interview with a licensed clinical psychologist. We have a Sunday event we've been running for two years where we have a cooking show where we teach people the simple things of eating healthy, you know, the simple ways, foods that we actually want to eat because I became a vegan and I don't like salads. You know, I just, I'll eat them, but I got to pack them on. They, I can't eat cucumbers and tomatoes and lettuce. I got to have, you know, crunch granola. I got to have some berries. Now I'll eat them, but my salads, my husband's like, you have all of them on a salad? I'm like, yeah, this is the only one. You're vegan? I'm plant-based now because I eat honey. Because you know one of my secrets is for a salad? Do you eat any cheese that has actual milk in it or do you only eat vegan cheese? Only eat vegan cheese. Yeah, I stopped milk years before I began. There is a honey goat cheese. Ooh. That it will take a salad to another level, but it's that, not regular goat cheese. It's honey goat cheese. But the problem is, is, you know, you're that far plant-based, then you're not going to be able to enjoy the joys. But I know there are plenty of things you love. I literally was like a crackhead with kale chips earlier today. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's like, I put them in the air fryer, then I eat them. Then I want more and throw more in the air fryer. They are addictive, especially when I see the price of them. And I'm like, I got to dehydrate and air fry it. I'm making them and I grow them outside. So I'm like, no, these are. It it was six minutes in the air fryer and the prep time, because I already, I wash and cut and spin my kale ahead of time. The prep time was maybe two minutes to drizzle some, one of my friends taught me this. I don't know. I realized I just took us on a whole side situation. No, no, I could talk about food. I had never. I had never even thought about it of using infused olive oil as the oil on the kale chip. Mm, hadn't crossed my mind. So, yeah. So she ta- so today um, there's a olive oil, a not a paid sponsor, that Whole Foods used to have that they discontinued and bought four bottles of. That it was like peppers, garlic, parsley, or something else. And mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. It's great also for pastas and stuff like that or to saute vegetables in. But I use that on that kale chip. I bet that's delicious. Yeah, you took that to a whole nother level with kale chips. I'm just basic with them, but you just took that. I'm going to try that because I'm going to go to Whole Foods and try to look for some of that infused olive oil now. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, they also have some good ones at at Kroger. Amazingly, I found good infused olive oil at Kroger. Yeah, Kroger, they have a good natural section. I mean, those are some of the things that I'll throw this back into self-care. I will go to Kroger, their natural section, seven on those grocery stores, and I'll just walk because some things are local, you know, small businesses, so they're not there all the time. And then I just get to kind of look and read labels and see different little things. I've never tried this. And I found some really good finds doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's part of self-care for me because then I'm taking better care of my health. I'm putting foods in my body. And I would have never found these foods if I wouldn't have just taken the time to slow down and go through the grocery store and just enjoy my stroll. But I do want to tell everybody, this ebook is amazing. So Dr. Goodwin has the Overwhelm Solution Blueprint. Please click one of her links. We're going to put these down here in the uh, caption here. You'll be able to click her links and reach out to her. But I am an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 13. And I want to close out this conversation with, you are an entrepreneur. You always want to do things your way. And I know so many women who are either, either fearful of starting a business, they that mindset again, talk themselves out. Well, I'm not going to be a millionaire, but that's not what entrepreneurship is about. You never once said anything about money. And I find there's you can make money. There's no shortage of making money, many ways to do it, but you can't find peace a lot of times. <laughs> you know, so what do you say about entrepreneurship? What's your encouragement or your take on entrepreneurship? My take on it is it's a lot of work, but the potential freedom is endless. And a personal value for me that's always been high is freedom. And the great thing is, is if you're an entrepreneur, well, then you're in full control of how things go. So I don't have to worry about what someone says to me. I don't have to worry about what process somebody else wants. If this goes well, it's because I did it. If it goes janky, it's because <laughs> I did that too. Or, you know, I get to learn the lessons and put them in action. But there's a freedom of being able to make things the way I want. The one thing I wish, though, no one told me it was going to be this much work and this much money. Right. Is that you initially are working hard to get the freedom, but when you're working hard at the beginning, is you working all the time? Yeah. But there's something different about doing it for yourself versus someone else. But I think it's part of it is just getting the right amount of help. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to afford some really good business coaches, Mm -hmm. realizing that a lot of the information is out there. And one of the best things about potentially looking to jump into entrepreneurship during COVID is that people have put so much free content out. I feel like there's more free content available. I agree. Than what was out pre-COVID. So it's like, if you had less resources, you could put it together. Right. But some of it is just being in the mindset that somewhere inside of you, you have to be ready to say a mantra that you can do this. Mm. You know, that inside your head, inside like your spirit, or, you know, as they would say on one of my favorite movies, Guardians, is this movie with these owls. Like you got to feel it in your gizzard. Yeah, <laughs> that you can do this and be able to literally say to yourself, just as you were talking about in the morning, you wake up and you say, it's going to be a good day, or I'm going to have a great day that you'd be able to be on the inside and feel like I can do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be successful because you have to believe it. If you don't believe that you can do it, it's going to be an uphill battle and you'll never win. Yeah. I mean, you said a mouthful. I appreciate your time. And I always love interviewing, you know, entrepreneurs, but female entrepreneurs and people that are willing to share their expertise, their knowledge. And you have done that for our audience today. And I want to thank you so much for being a part of this discussion. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. I'm kind of sad it's over. I know. I I told you I can talk. So (laughs) 
have to make sure I watch the time because I can talk. But thank you everyone for joining into our program. And again, thank you, Dr. Goodwin. Please be sure to support Dr. Goodwin and reach out to her. She is available. Her book is on Amazon. You can get her ebook as well. Click the links. Let's support one another. Let's reach out and uh, build one another strong. Have a great evening. Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. This is just one of the many free resources I offer to my clients to dump unhealthy habits and begin living. Be sure to visit my website for more free resources and health coaching. Again, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with others so they can join the Let's Chit Chat podcast. Have a great day, you guys. See you next episode.